Hello. Welcome. So keep going. What? <laughs> You're, I don't know the way you looked at me. You raised your eyebrows incredulously. <laughs> Hello, uh, and, and welcome to the Cube Corner Games Podcast. My name is Dustin Morbido. Joining me today... <laughs> the slapping her phone. I didn't do anything. I've been uh, framed. Lorraine Morbido is here. I've been framed. It's fine. I won't blame you. It's it's on me. For <laughs> I wasn't prepared for <laughs> such a sassy me glance. Me to look at you? At this... Uh, I'll hide my face the, next this, time. This, the witching hour. Um... It's like I don't know. Just, I don't. It's fine. The, Sweaty, are you good? The season of the witch. The, it's no. not July. <laughs> President's Day. We're gonna have to pause this episode for a second while I check to see if Dustin is having a stroke. What year is it? Bitch, I don't know. Um, we are gonna talk about some stuff and some things. We're gonna talk about some games. Wow. Maybe talk about some other stuff. We'll see how it goes. Fantastic. Do a regular wellness check so you can <laughs> see if I know where I am right now. You may or may not be able to hear Dustin uh, later because I might have put a wallet in his mouth. <laughs> how are we you We shall doing? see. I'm here. I mean, I'm also here. Wow. Wonderful. <laughs> Hopefully, um, I won't pick up too much noise from outside. There's some lawn maintenance going on near us. The- <laughs> Gonna do some of my own uh, bit of that in a little while, but Ed- for now, edge our bets. <laughs> for now, it's just other surrounding sound. That I, we'll see what happens. I, don't, I think it'll be fine. There was an ominous thunk, like right before we started recording. Yeah, there's just all kinds of stuff going on Yikes. outside these four walls. But help. I mean, that's always true every day of the week. I guess so. Yeah, when you think about it, think about all the shit that's happening in space right now. Fucking a man. Did you look at any of those? Um. New space telescope photos. In passing, I didn't like look through like any like big gallery or anything. Okay, it's just another one of those like. It's like the deepest they've ever gotten pictures of, I think, or the farthest or something. Like the farthest back in like time. Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, apparently the the I don't forget what it's called that that more modern telescope can collect Mm -hmm. so much light that. Based on how light works. (laughs) Gross. You can just see further into the past. Uh, with it because it picks up light that is older. <laughs> um, my light's older. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it's just another one of those space things, you know. It's like, well, hashtag that, just space things. Out there, there's like you know, every single little tiny pinprick is like one galaxy. So, <laughs> I mean, this is a no man's sky pitch. Uh, I mean, it's just space is big, man. Space wow. real big. Wow. We small and shitty. Yeah. <laughs> fleas on the back of the universe's ass crack that's humanity yeah. good job everyone <laughs> they call it the milky way but it's really just a butt <laughs> and in that to my ted talk space butt space butt is earth and on that space butt on like that a space mole earth on is, the space butt that's right <laughs> we'll call it benign for now but it could turn any day um yeah, space is big and crazy. Uh-huh. So those images were cool. They're, yeah. It's neat. Thank God for fucking science. For uh-huh. publicly funded cool stuff that like anybody I can take those pictures and love science. Science is neat. Yeah. Um Hella. Other than that, I'm trying to think of what I've been mentally it was like the <laughs> two things I can think of off the top of my head. I don't know how dark you want to get. Uh now I won't even go there. <laughs> Well, now you've got me curious. It was just that, and um, 
saw those pictures, which made me was like a combination of like, I guess, pious, like, you know, like, oh, my God, the universe's bigness. And then um, mm-hmm. that footage that leaked from the Texas school. Yeah. Just watching every cop be a worthless sack of human dog shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> So, yeah, we don't need to, like, get into it, get into it, but, um, like, do those people perhaps deserve to have the majority of public funds spent on them? I I don't know about that. They seem pretty bad at their jobs, and I would be bad at that job, but that's why I don't have it. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) like, for everybody who's like, well, could you do better? No, No, but I didn't. That's why I'm not a cop. Yeah, like, nobody is... (laughs) Nobody has become a police officer against their will, as far as I'm aware. Like, ever, like people sign up to do that job and volunteer for it. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you can't hang, then I guess fuck off. Is like that's where I'm at with that shit. I mean, that's what I did. Um, I fucked off and did not become a police. <laughs> yeah, just it was very upsetting. Just no, yeah, real mad. Uh-huh. It's just like, oh, look at these cowardly morons. <laughs> it's just like, uh-huh. like you claim that this is what you're here for, and you need. We need you in our worst hours, and then then you show up and do nothing. Awesome, mm-hmm. good job, everybody. Glad glad you're here. Glad we're paying your salaries. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, wow, let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about <laughs> literally anything else. Let's talk about literally anything else. Um, wow, 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 wow. We have played a couple video games recently. Probably. I'm going to. Look at my phone and find some of the notes that I took because we couldn't play this other one again because the demo is offline now. But ah. uh, we're gonna talk about the indie games we played over yeah. the last couple of weeks. Um, two, to be exact. Yeah. So uh, a couple weeks ago, two-ish weeks ago. Uh, so and I absolutely sure I get the name right because I always think it might be something else. <laughs> <laughs> we played Super Dungeon Designer. Yeah. Uh, by Squish Studios. Which is a game that was also being shown off at GDEX, where we were. Mm-hmm. They were, like, around a like, tiny little partition from us. At the time, I had asked, like, mm-hmm. de- when, are you, when are you coming out? Is there a demo out soon or whatever? Mm-hmm. Or will there be? And they you know, they said they were running another, like, just, like, test run in a couple weeks. And sure enough, uh, early July, mm-hmm. they got a thing going. Um, if you want to be in for future demos, you can go wishlist it. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now and on uh, Steam and right and get in whenever they do another flight or whatever but um, that's all it took for me like and then you know I don't think they're necessarily capping it on quantity of Mm-mm. interest or whatever it's just like when they have a new build up they'll push it and let people screw around with it and take it down and get back to work but um, I missed with that for a couple hours on stream yeah. a couple weeks ago and I enjoyed it I think mm-hmm. it's really neat I think it's coming along Um, for sure my initial assessment of that game of that i think the first time we had ever talked about it which was probably while we were at gdex mm-hmm. i said that it seemed um i said that it seemed pretty far along and that was from having played the designer portion and that mm-hmm. i will still uh i mean like functionality wise yes yeah, like, like like the enemies are there they work their different ways you can put a bunch of like environmental things there's like ways to build shit for sure. Yeah, because having not having played that part of the game for just like I said, just mm-hmm. like you know, a ten de- minutes. A, yeah, floor demos worth yeah, of time. And not played like the gameplay portion, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, it does feel like that that part of the game has been is much further along than the gameplay part, and that's fine. That's not a mm-hmm. like slight. That's how game dev works. You just yeah. Some but things it, are gonna go faster than others, or be prioritized over other things. Yeah, sometimes. and I would say that the like the meat 
of that is the designing rather than the actual playing. The playing, I would say, is the secondary result of the design functionality being really good. Well, it's interesting. We can talk more about that in a minute because that was one of the things I was thinking about about that game after after playing it and just kind of mulling it over for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the um the the gameplay part of the game, like I said, I do think it feels a little immature right now, which is fine. Like when they when they had told me, I was super impressed with the builder mm-hmm. part. Both in that initial demo and when we played it on stream. Yeah. And then, but that initial demo where I hadn't really played the gameplay part and they're like, oh, we're about a year out, we think. I was like, oh, I don't know, this seems pretty good to go. But after playing the gameplay, I can see where they have like some runway yet to <laughs> turn out with the gameplay stuff. Again, not that that's a bad thing. It's just reality of uh, game dev is that sometimes you do stuff in one order or another and some features get become much more robust and more uh, realized before other ones do uh, because the... Like you said, the designer part feels really well put together. The UI mm. is like immaculate. It's uh like spot on for what I think a game like that needs to be of being accessible and pretty straightforward and uh pretty usable. Uh, it j- just kind of works. Like we had one or two hiccups that I think were mostly just um like bugs. But, yeah. But like it's usually pretty clear how to do a thing and which things to click to achieve what results or whatever. It's mm-hmm. very well done. It's very well put together. The gameplay part feels a little loose to me right now in some ways, I think. Part of it was that um, I think some of the sound design stuff is a little wonky right now. Like I would have um, sword swipes mm-hmm. that like it felt like the audio was playing yeah, it like a seemed few frames a little late or would like, desync a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was some, uh, and a lot of the enemies and stuff seemed like they didn't really have audio and stuff yet, which again, that's fine. I mean, it's, yeah, we, we did the audio stuff last, basically. <laughs> but it did make it harder to um to reconcile, but like to just get a sense of how it would feel in the final game. Mm. So again, that's not like a slight. No. I'm not even saying they should have that stuff in the game right at this moment. I'm just mm-hmm. saying from an outside perspective, you know, not working on that game and not knowing exactly all the things they want to take off the list to bring it together to a final shipped form. Mm-hmm. It was just a little harder to evaluate the gameplay portion than the the designer portion. Other stuff about general fit and finish and feel, I'm trying to think. Uh, the movement felt, like, fine, but I do, for my money, because you didn't really play at all, right? The gameplay part, like, you helped me build some of the levels. But... I think that's mostly what I did. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> Go over. back and check the tape. Well, because... <laughs> We do these after I at the end of my work week, so I'm always like not quite fully there. I know that's fair, um, and that's so still, I'm trying my best while I'm there. I, I know you're you're struggling, and I appreciate it because that's still mostly because I know that we're probably more likely to catch the yeah. people who work no, on them. I, and I stuff know it's a it's a good time to do it for evening, sure. Right, that's like not like you um, know not a school night or whatever. <laughs> work night. Uh, like like you know if you work a regular five day work week. You're not going to be working on Sunday afternoon. Oh, so you'll... Saturday evening? I'm saying you'll be more likely to, like, to just spend your Saturday evening doing something else. Because you'll still have one whole day in front of you to fuck off and do whatever. Um... But yeah, I the the gameplay stuff. The other big thing that kind of stood out to me personally, and this is as much a taste thing as anything else, I think. But I felt the I felt, felt like the move, movement was a little sluggish without the boots on because mm. they had little boots in the game that. We had postulated like that they might be like the Pegasus boots in Zelda because uh, Super Dungeon Designer is a Zelda maker. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's uh you build Zelda-like dungeons and then play through them, and it's got a lot of items that are either very similar to identical than Zelda, like it's got bow and arrow mm-hmm. and uh, 
you know, a sword. I actually don't know if there was a shield in there. I wasn't paying that much attention. I don't um, remember. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the movement stuff, it felt... the Basically what the boots do, and the, they don't give you a dash like the Pegasus boots do, where like in Zelda you hold a button down. Mm-hmm. It'll kind of like spin Link up and then run in a straight line real quickly. In this game, they just make you walk a little faster. And I kind of felt, for me personally, that that was more of like the walk speed I would just want the player mm-hmm. character to move at at all times because uh, that's kind of a hard nut to crack to when it comes to a game like that where it's not like there's no linear advanced curve and like power right because yeah. it's not really that kind of product it's just not like each dungeon is its own distinct yeah. set of gameplay that doesn't uh like you know you're not going to carry over progress from one dungeon to the other necessarily I, like that would be wild <laughs> yeah <laughs> if they tried to build out something like that that would be uh both impressive and probably overkill, if yeah. I'm like honestly for a product like that, because like the amount of people that would you don't need a persistent state between them, because half the experience is the curated for like, sure, just flow of everything. Yeah, which makes me feel like, like I said, my gut is that like I don't know that I am super into the, that as a design choice of having like a toggleable. Like I get it from a um, if I had to guess, I would assume it's in there just to give people global options on if they. Like, it is an easy way to tweak player movement, mm-hmm. period. Like, if you wanted the player to move much more slowly for whatever reason in a dungeon that you personally build, that, like, mm-hmm. that's kind of a thing you can spec into by either putting the boots in your level or not. Uh, and I'm not sure. I'm just not 100% sure how I feel about it because um, it's kind of like in Mario Maker, right? You know, you don't really, other than, I guess, mushrooms, Mario's abilities don't really change in that way. Mm-hmm. Like, his, his basic physics and movement and trajectory yeah. and stuff aren't... Uh, like, those aren't things you modify, uh, and this is kind of down to that level, mm-hmm. which they're very different games. Like, yeah. uh, Zelda is a different game than Mario, and, you know, Accurate. Super Dungeon Designer isn't I- exactly Zelda. It is just very similar to mm-hmm. it. But that was one thing that stuck out to me is, uh, like, it It was in, in my mind, I was like, all right, any level that I would ever build in this game, I'm going to put the boots in. Like, I'm just going to set them at your feet I or mean, equip them to you yeah, or whatever. Say, yeah, you can, <laughs> you can have stuff set at the beginning. So, like, if you wanted to give your players a specific set of tools you could just equip them outright not necessarily making them grab them uh throughout the level or whatever mm-hmm. um one comment that i think i might have on your um kind of the gameplay doesn't feel as finished is like i think that's just because of the nature of the game itself because like when you take a zelda dungeon out of its game and like remove the like building web of abilities items even the specific items that you get in there and the puzzles themed around that i think this is what you get i think that's just because it's not a um part of a larger progression it's not built into a world that is established you're coming in with a certain set of skills it's like basically the great deku tree every time sure or like hyrule castle with zelda like going to rescue her and link the past or whatever like you're going in at zero all the time. And I think that's where most of the like the flavor comes from like Zelda games specifically is the mixing of like, oh, I need to figure out how to use this new item or ability or whatever and how it flows with the rest of my toolkit. We're kinda like we had said a little bit ago, like you don't have that connecting toolkit. It's a curated experience in a little like pod basically and i think that's where mario 
maybe fits this formula like base level like the feel of it fits it a lot better because it's generally built on that smaller encapsulated experience like mario doesn't feel any different in world one one or eight eight or whatever because he fundamentally doesn't change your experience might change with power-ups that you get either bring them in or have them like show up in the level but that's not gonna like change your a to b you don't have to like solve something on the way there aside from just having reflexes and i think that's kind of maybe where your disconnect is coming from i think that's part of it because that that actually segues into the one big thing that i would uh i would love to see out of that game put the bats on tables you're right <laughs> yep that's the only thing put the bats that's on it? tables um because you're right it mario maker is an easier sell because those because of the way mario games are structured mm-hmm. that that individual why, mario levels are isolated like, um, from the whole even like uh like a metroid kind of type thing i think would fit this formula maybe a little bit more fundamentally naturally than zelda because like yeah you have like growing abilities as you go through but people sequence break those games like crazy so there's ways to navigate these like very complex puzzles without having all of the tools kind of because of just the nature of the game itself which is similar to mario but your life is more like it's it has the Zelda elements in it too, so it's like I don't know. Shrug. I would say that. Um, yeah, that's to, that's not to say that I don't think this game can or will ultimately work out. No, no, no. But the thing the thing about it is, like you said, you're right. It is kind of like a it is a slight uphill climb, I think, relative to some other genres mm-hmm. like platformers, where it is simpler and more expected, like you said, to have a level that is like a single isolated, mm-hmm. you know, chunk of gameplay that isn't directly related it doesn't explicitly yeah. segue into one more specific thing after like you said in terms of building an intro and stuff like that i would like to see here's the things that, the two things i think i would really like to see out of this game mm-hmm. or like any game that tries to attempt whatever yeah a similar thing uh and this was just after let really letting it kind of sit with yeah. me in my brain for a little while because what you're hinting at is ultimately where i'm going to continue and segue off of is that as far as the enemies and stuff go i would love to see and kind of every interactable object in the game right now I would love to see a more diverse array of stuff that has a very specific narrow purpose. So, for example, do you remember the guys? I think there's guys in Link to the Past, right? That they kind of like bounce around or whatever, and they sort of have like shield. They hold shields. They have like big chunky bodies, and you have to like shoot them in the eyeball with the arrow. That ring any bells? I don't remember if that was a boss fight or like an individual dude. I think so. I know Um, there's a bunch of eyeballs in like the Dark World, or like the little crappy the. Goop guys who like swallow you up and steal your shield or whatever. Likes. Yeah, sure. I don't remember the names of They're any, like any anything. <laughs> uh, I would love to see some more enemy variation in that game that either specifically interacts with specific items or requires a specific item to defeat them. I don't think every enemy in the game needs to be like that, but I or think may- maybe just makes it like easier to deal with because, like, I know in um, uh, Oracle of Seasons, uh, there are these enemies that have these forward-facing metal masks and you can't hurt them from that angle but you can hit them from behind once you get the magnet gloves though you can pull that shield off and hit them however i feel like maybe that interaction is better than really gating how you interact with stuff unless you want something kind of like just a unkillable enemy in certain rooms that'll just like mess with you i know there's a few Kind of yeah, like I'd that, be, like OG Zelda. I'd be okay with that. Either thing that's a, that is unkillable, period, or is unkillable in the context of, like, you need the bow and arrow uh-huh. to kill this thing. Because I do think that for, 
like you said, because there's not this kind of like overall progression of mm-hmm. like playing a dungeon to dungeon, each one's going to kind of be an isolated thing. I think it is such a part of the Zelda like gameplay loop to have puzzleable fights basically. To have right to have some objects that specifically require an interaction from a specific item that I think that you kind of need a little more of that for like for like every major item that's going to mm-hmm. be like there's a bottle of walls and stuff like that. They've got all that stuff which is awesome. But for the bow or like if there's a boomerang, I don't think there was a boomerang no, in the build we played. So. I think it was just um the or shoes, like, um, bombs and arrows. I don't know if there was a th- and you had a lantern, which I don't the actually lantern. know if it there was. There were torches. I'm you could, sure you could, could do stuff, stuff with, with torches, it. and there were like enemies <clears> that could also light them with like the little bouncy fire guys could do it too. Yeah, and th- th- it might have been true that there were like in the build we played because we didn't obviously touch every part of it. Like you know, we only played it for a couple hours, but uh, there might have been like torches that could be set up there as were. triggers that could there only be activated were. by the lantern and nothing else. I, that's I promise the kind of thing you that they exist. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I just would like to see a little more of, like a, like a switches that can only be hit by arrows, or like I said, enemies that can either only or primarily de- be dealt with by arrows or a boomerang if there ends up being one or whatever your combat mm-hmm. and other like interactive options seem to be. Even guys that can only be bombed, like enemies that can only mm-hmm. take bomb damage. Dodongo hates smoke. Just to give people the option to build into, so like the uh, the swath of enemies they have in there now kind of can be dealt with by anything. Mm-hmm. Like any of the things that deal damage will hurt them, as far as I could tell, up to and including just like swiping the sword at everything. Mm-hmm. And that's a great starting point. But I feel like if you expand out from there and and put in like, like another kind of layers, even if it's just like slight variations on each of the guys, because almost there all of them some. already had toggles, yeah. right, where you could change them a little bit, like you change their properties. If you added just one more to a couple of them that made them more narrowly interactable mm-hmm. by a tighter set of items. I feel like you'd get a little bit more of that or Zelda honestly, like ability. more enemies. Cause I feel like that was maybe of the things that were there, in my opinion, the like enemy suite felt a little sparse. I could, and, yeah, like, I, could be I understand that. like that's like, they all worked very di- like differently and were had very diverse, like movement patterns and everything. I get it. That's, those are like, a lot of programming goes into that and especially like with how smooth a lot all that animation was like it's a lot of art too so i understand why there's not that many enemies but i feel like that and again like the items specifically would be like a good way to round out more of what you can put in a level to make it feel more zelda-y because like the base trappings of like the environment stuff you can do are really solid you got your pits you got your spikes you got blocks like the um the magic hammer blocks that like switch with that switch that are universal throughout the dungeon which is really cool right yeah the, the multiple switches staircases all kinds of stuff there's all the triggering system and stuff for the limited amount we used it for seemed to work worked quite really well, well. Yeah, yeah we didn't experiment with that a ton but yeah all that stuff i think would go a long mm-hmm. way of i think you're right just a more diverse pool of enemies period but like i said for my money Enemies that require more specific interaction gets you closer to what Zelda is known for if players choose to build that way. Yeah, and you don't like you could just ignore all of that <clears throat> stuff or Yeah, if you want to like, build something simpler or just something that's a little less structured. Mm-hmm. I think it's just important for to let people do both. To either you just make keep, a you should have the floor nice and low, but you could also raise the ceiling. Like Yeah, get let people just make like loosey goosey, very yeah. like you know having a bigger space just uh, allows people yeah, to work very with so open, much stuff. Not particularly defined yeah. dungeon experiences down to like something where it is very structured. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go from, you know, this room to get the get a small key and you're gonna take that small key 
four more rooms in and you're going to get a bow and you need that bow to go fight the mm -hmm. enemies in one room behind you. And like, like I, I think the mm -hmm. game could benefit from yeah. that kind of structure, from giving people the option to mm -hmm. spec into that kind of structure for their builds. If yeah. they so choose. And because this is a creator tool, like the sky is literally the limit. Like you could kind of put whatever in there and just see what people do. But yeah. yeah. And along that note, in terms Wild of talking thing. about things that, that that game currently doesn't have that Zelda uh -huh. has, you know, that Zelda has. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of a, in some ways, an even bigger ask, but it's a thing that I do think the game would benefit from. I would love it if they were able to get even just like two or three, like kind of static boss fight type things that you could plop mm -hmm. down at the end of a dungeon. Kind of like how Bowser was in I was going to say, there. pretty much exactly like Bowser works Because it, it feels like there's Mario like a Maker. boar, I think, in um, Super Dungeon Designer right now that kind of felt close to that. And there was maybe like a wizard too mm -hmm. that like were... seemed to be getting closer to that like kind of boss type character. Yeah, and that's another thing where I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, if you don't want to go too nuts with it, you can either uh, within the UI make them another variation on the same mm -hmm. like like another toggle version of the you know the Just make them chunkier can be a really big slime that mm -hmm. functions a little differently or you can make them a separate selectable thing that is that is still functionally the same like if you just want to separate it out uh -huh. of the UI that's fine but... like king slime or the big boar or yeah that is 100% how I would Horrid do it personally if I were if I were to do such a thing as I would take some of the base enemies and make bigger more elaborate but still like specifically scripted versions of mm -hmm. them because like obviously if you want to go with pie in the sky you could even make like those fights kind of customizable where you are like letting people mm -hmm suck it in how much damage they take and like what yeah. kind of projectiles they may or may not shoot or shit like that and i i would think that's a bridge too far yeah again this is just me if if you task me to build this game mm -hmm. i would not personally go that far with it like i would i would reel it in more than that yeah. but i would totally want to get at least a couple boss fights that mm -hmm. are like you said like bowser and, and mario maker where you just kind of plop it down in an area and it'll have you know a bigger bigger chunk of health from the other enemies and it'll have two or three things that it can do mm -hmm. And then, you know, you kill it and it's gone and you can go touch the exit point and win. Oh. <laughs> the only thing that I've been able to think about for the past, like, minute or so while you've been talking is the the Lizifo fight in Dodongo's Cavern in Ocarina of Time, where you're <laughs> on like that, like, just you're on these raised platforms above a lower hall of lava. And it's just that mini boss music. And they're just little, Arr! they're like, they're <laughs> stupid little sounds and they're dumb little faces and them jumping around. Like, that's all mini boss <laughs> i love ocarina of time was they're perfect mm -hmm. and i'm trying to think especially I... compared to their like official art they look nothing like it right <laughs> i think that was most of our thoughts on yeah super dungeon designer from that stream those are most of the things i thought of after the fact mm -hmm. for sure i was so tired on that stream and devolved into a chaos agent which <laughs> apparently made the few devs we had in the chat right you made that fun that spike room was like you made the two rooms that were like actually real gameplay in the dungeon we did. <laughs> you made the the arrow hell mirror room which was like I love that's that the room. kind of stuff like that was like so that was perfect that's the kind of thing i would love to see just a little more of in mm -hmm. that game i should have put like, more ghosts the in there the mirrors worked with the arrows and stuff that was real good and then they hit the enemies and turned them into the evil versions of them <laughs> it was so funny and then yeah spike hell room was also <laughs> both involved wall arrows <laughs> yeah you did a great job that was fun to do uh, but I think that's Get mostly me when I'm tired and I make the I make dumb shit. That's mostly our thoughts on Super Dungeon Designer. Do you have any other comments, questions? I'm just thinking about Lizafos. <laughs> I mean, those guys are good to add anything. I'll take a lizard man and whatever you got. <laughs> Zelda, Soul Calibur, 
<laughs> Give me a lizard man. I'll take what him. What was his was his name? Dumb in Soul Calibur. Was it it's just, just like lizard li- man? It was just lizard it's just man. Lizard man. Okay. It's lizard man is a lizard man. Pear. <laughs> I don't know much about Soul Calibur aside from Link was in it. <laughs> That's all I got. So yeah, that is uh, Boldo. That's Super Dungeon Designer. It's pretty cool. Like yeah. I said, if you're interested in a Zelda esque mm-hmm. game building game, like Mario Maker like game builder, yeah. I would go look it up on Steam and wishlist it. I would assume that there will be more tests. Uh, weekends yeah. to come at some point real solid ui like i still am kind of blown away with how like yeah really good the building like said, part the fit of it finish, felt, the fit like, and finish on the man. builder part rivaled it rivals like mario maker and stuff yeah. which is a high, which high praise very, for a small team of people very intuitive <clears throat> extremely easy to use yeah because that's the kind of stuff that you know well parsed out labeled organized yeah, you, you know that a company like nintendo will have you know dozens of people working mm-hmm. on stuff like that scrutinizing it for hours so to, yeah. to put something that was as polished on that front together with a team of like less than 10 like i said i that studio i think in the credits was between like six and eight something folks. like that yeah oh uh, like that's very good very yeah. impressive <laughs> real neat so yeah super dungeon designer very Ooh. good would recommend would yeah. recommend checking out if that's a thing that you'd mm-hmm. be interested in and yeah our archive of our stream for that is on our youtube channel i believe yeah we'll tidy all that stuff up at the very end of this mm-hmm. uh, i'll do more shout outs because we'll, first we'll talk about the other game we played in the last couple weeks it was we literally yesterday literally yesterday as of this recording in <laughs> sync uh, by Clockout games is that Clock right? out my games. laptop went to sleep because <laughs> you just keep not interacting with it so it just falls asleep Yes, Clockout Games, uh, maker, maker, makers. I don't know how many people that I'm studio compri- is comprised of, but uh, they are the ones who bring us uh, Sync, which is a 3D. Hit me, baby, one more <laughs> time. <laughs> it's a 3D puzzle solving kind of escape room co op. Thank you, uh, co op escape room thing where you play. Father and Two son. people in the same online instance, basically. You have it's to a connect. father and a son. You, you can't con- tell me otherwise. Connect a father. I'm assuming it is a father and a son. I didn't. They look nothing alike, though, so maybe it's a stepdad <laughs> and his stepson. Uh, yeah, it's a co-op puzzle-solving... Mm-hmm. Uh, escape room kind of type escape deal. Escape room type thing where you're on an island. Allegedly. You have to get off that island. Uh, apparently, that was one of the things we <laughs> talked about. Um, uh, and so you have to sync up with a friend online and just basically solve a series of puzzles to... Mm-hmm. You know, open up rooms to get to new rooms to eventually, you know, clear a couple levels mm-hmm. and beat the game. And they had one whole level in the demo that's out now. And that, that same thing is what's well, even more accessible technically than Super Dungeon Designer because their Dungeon Designer is doing tests in like waves. Like they're turning it on for a weekend after they've uh-huh. gotten some stuff done and turning it back off. In uh, <clears throat> uh, Sync appears to be live. Like Constantly. I think this demo came out a month ish ago. Okay. And it's just up. Like I don't, it doesn't look like they're planning to take it down in the near future. So if you want to go check it out, go on Steam and download it right now. Uh, you can just snag it. I N space S I N K. Yeah, in sync as in you know like to fall into something or like <laughs> the vessel you wash your hands in. Uh, <laughs> also known as <laughs> falling into the vessel you wash your hands in. There you go. My favorite video game. Got it. Um. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. What we played of it. it was again, I apologize. Very frazzle brained and was I, not yeah, anticipating to doing you, anything. You, Lorraine, again, for putting something in front of you that was like relatively mind intensive for we sat down like, the end of a work week. And you were like putting out multiple things. And I'm like, oh, like, are you playing over there? And like, no, you're playing too. And I was like, who? Yeah. Well, I, that's the thing is I, I'll try not to make you 
pilot stuff unless it is explicitly required. And for uh-huh. something like this, we needed two people to play it. Well, so. if you had told me that <laughs> before we sat down, because you don't, you were like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I learned minutes before we go live. Um, but it's really cool. Like yeah. you said, it is a co-op thing, so it's mostly information sharing. Like, we were technically uh-huh. playing in the same room. Uh-huh. Like, I could see her screen, and if she... If Lorraine arched her head over just enough, she could see my laptop. But Let her head to look the way it is intended yet. to be played, like the way that most people will end up playing it, is online, separate screen, se- in separate places, right on mm-hmm. Discord or you know, Skype or whatever the fuck you want to use to yeah. talk to people. <laughs> Nothing. Um, but yeah, the vast majority of the gameplay is you are will be put into a space where you and your teammate will get become privy to different pieces of information as you kind of like navigate the navigate room the rooms together, out. right? And you'll have to go back and forth to spit information at each other about, like, here's what I've got, and, like, here's how I think this relates to the puzzle as a whole, and you kind of bat and bat, add it back and forth a little bit until you solve stuff. And uh-huh. for the most part, like I said, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think it worked uh, quite well on the whole. There were a couple things that were a little, just a little rough still, which, again, uh-huh. is not remotely surprising or problematic for a thing that's in development. It's yeah. fine. Like, it took me, like, two or three minutes to figure out how to crouch. <laughs> and I, I did eventually figure it out, but, um... That, that was, like, the one giant thing. I was yeah. like, I hope this gets resolved in some way, just informationally to make players more aware of how it works. Because uh, that was one of the bigger gameplay mechanics that probably will come into play in future levels, too, is yeah. the, the the child character can, like, duck under. They can get mm-hmm. into smaller places than the adult character can. Uh, and the way you do that is there are, like, arrows on the floor next to the cubbies you can traverse through. And you have to click on the arrow to make your character, like, Man, like automatically kind of crouch and tra- traverse through it. On. Yeah, which is not what I expected at all. No. So I like pushed every button on the keyboard and none of those made me crouch. And we then I frantically pushing buttons. clicked around quite a bit and didn't find anything until I found... Because you have to kind of... It, as far as I can tell, you have to click on... Like, it'll, like there'll be a tile on the floor below you with two arrows. And like one is outside where you already are because that's the arrow you used to get back out of the room. And one of them is inside the room you're trying to get into. And as far as I can tell, the only way to get crouching to activate was to click on the arrow that is inside the space you want to get into. Yes. And there wasn't a clear indication that, like, it was even clickable. Because everything else in the game has, like, a highlight kind of halo. Like, you'll hover your cursor over it. Uh-huh. It'll be like, oh, this is interactable. You can totally click on this. Uh-huh. But that, that's, again, that kind of stuff is just... Yeah. It's either a thing that they had thought of they hadn't got around to fixing or it's the kind of thing that will be pointed out when people like us play it yeah. and give feedback because it's a very straightforward you know thing that just is a small quality of life thing that, yeah. that at the end of the day i mean that's it feels not like a big deal a lot of the stuff like that we had overlooked and like down the drain for example for became sure very much apparent when somebody else just touched it because like you you play your own thing too long and you just get used to how things function and you don't necessarily like see the new user experience end of it yeah and exactly like you said while we were talking about with super dungeon designer the audio stuff is we did that in spades to probably an even larger degree than that game already does right now Mm -hmm. of just not implementing as much of the audio as quickly as we should have anything of the audio to get a better sense of how it would work in the final product like Mm -hmm. we did that a lot in a huge sprint near the end and for our development uh process going forward i definitely want to get at minimum placeholder sound effects Uh in earlier just to get a better sense of how everything will feel yeah. when it comes together. But again, that's totally understandable. That's just the reality of game development is depending on how big your team is. You can only do so much. Your hours are extremely limited, right? And you can only do so much in a single day. And you just have to prioritize based on 
what you know has to get done in the mm-hmm. immediate future and what you're, you know, feeling at the moment, what you think you can get done. Uh-huh. So it's not, uh, I'll never hold it against anyone for having gaps like that mm-hmm. in an unreleased thing. Oh, just no, like, I just haven't all. gotten around to it. Look, yep. <laughs> that's totally fine. That is the way <laughs> games are made. And the smaller your team is, the more compromises you have to make like that. Yeah. Because uh, there just aren't that many hours to go around. Accurate. Uh, but the puzzles themselves, I, like I said, I think were pretty well put together. Mm-hmm. The online connectivity worked for our purposes flawlessly. Yeah. Uh, we just, I loaded up the game, sent an invite via, like it, it pulled my Steam friends list. Mm-hmm. I sent an invite to the account Lorraine was playing on and she joined easily without a problem. We loaded yep. up the game and played together easily without any issues. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And the puzzles themselves, I think, were pretty well put together for the mm-hmm. most part. Like, there were one or two small things that I think while we were streaming, we said were maybe a little more obtuse than we would have liked. Mm-hmm. But there was a nice hint system in there, which I was, yeah. was awesome to see that in a demo, especially. Like, mm-hmm. I'm glad that they had that in in the version of the game that they're kind of oh, shopping around. Sure. Because it was very There were certain cases to... where we really needed we need, it. Yeah, right. There were cases when we needed it. And it's good to see, like, people react to that in the wild. Because the thing with that is, right... Like if it, it, it's a, and I've seen other games do that before. Where it's like a three tiered hint system yeah, yeah, where it'll yeah, give yeah. you a little hint and then a bigger hint. And then the last hint will basically solve the whole puzzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get unlocked as like time goes by. Yeah. Like you want that stuff in like your early builds just to even make sure like if you're going to put that in the game at all, you want that part to work as intended. Right. Uh-huh. Like you want people to be like, oh, and like, you know, five headed <laughs> <laughs> when the last one comes up and like actually have it be obvious to them what they need to do. Yeah. So it's good to test that stuff out for that reason, anyway. For um, sure. But yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. It's a like I said, it's a three D like very simplistic but attractive looking like three yeah. D assets. Really like, clean. Very cartoony, kind of cell shaded. I like the style of it. Sort of thing. I did prefer it. There, you can toggle kind of how much uh, chunk. How much chunk? Right. It's like a it's a pixel filter basically it's a pixel art-esque game sort of anyway like obviously mm-hmm. three thing but there there's static art around the environments that's pretty pixel already in some cases mm-hmm. and then there are filters there where you can chalk it up even more to make it like just closer to like right like something that would have been on it'll make it look a little more something like something on the playstation yeah or like some theoretical universe where playstation games are look better than they ever did but are still pretty <laughs> chunky um, I personally think I did prefer it without the filters on, yeah. but that's like a... It made some of the really small iconography around the levels very hard to read if you wouldn't I, like I press your face up against don't it. don't love filters like that personally. It's yeah. a personal preference thing. I'm Same. glad that there are options in there for people who would want more of that. There were like three or four tiers mm-hmm. of how chunky you could want the pixel filtering to be. Make it smooth, um, yo. Yeah, I like my pixels clean, man. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> want I want to eat off of those pixels. Gross. <laughs> But I'm glad the options are in there for people who mm-hmm. would want to chalk it up a little more. And other gameplay stuff, like I said, the most of the puzzles we ended up solving, mm-hmm. you know, as intended without too much uh too much context. Like a couple of things we did go the distance on hints. Yeah. Which is that's gotta be true of any puzzle game. Sure. Probably, like most people. Because if it, if it's everything is obvious that you get it first try instantly, that's kind of its own problem that's mm-hmm. separate. Like it's a very fine line. Yeah. Of, puzzle uh, balancing is not an easy task. Oh, for sure. Uh, so I don't envy the process of right of trying mm-hmm. to dial in. But and, and also everybody is different. Like the you can put puzzles in a game like that that might have like significant context for people who have played more games like that, mm-hmm. like environmentally, 
like puzzle solving, Which I like don't. escape room I kind of things. Definitely yeah. don't play stuff like that. Like so, you can put stuff in that might be if it wasn't obvious on the stream. <laughs> hardcore genre conventions that if somebody stumbles across it and they're not as familiar with that genre, that just end up might end up lost in translation. Spoiler alert: I'm an idiot. Uh, but a lot Bang. of it was pretty well put together yeah. in terms of like following sets of basic rules. Like we figured it out eventually. Yeah, here are like you know some numbers, some shapes, and some colors, and like. Based on their associations around various environments, you could usually kind of figure out what things you needed to do where mm-hmm. to solve a puzzle and progress. And that demo, I think, was about it. It took us it an took hour-ish. It took us an hour yeah. with, like, however much time to get past the crouching part of it. <laughs> and I, I believe at the end of it, it said there were going to be two more, two or three more Yeah, levels, I think so. Which I think in any either case, that would be fine. Yeah. Oh, uh, like, that would be a sufficient amount. Like, if I played that game for another couple hours, I could... I, could, I would definitely do it. Like I, mm-hmm. I think that is a perfectly reasonable length for a thing like that to be. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how the puzzles evolve. Evolve, right? If they, if they do become linearly more difficult, or if they're just more more parts mechanically to them. varied. Yeah. Like if they're just different as opposed to harder. I think the latter is probably my preference. The, my preference. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I would rather have like a, a different variety of things as opposed to just like similar stuff that is more complicated like yeah. a, like i wouldn't necessarily want to see a thing like that lever puzzle that was in the early part of the game but like with more <laughs> like oh, instead of nine it's like 15 levers yeah <laughs> like that's not quite where i would want things to go with a game like that i don't think personally mm-hmm. Same. Um, but overall i really enjoyed it like mm-hmm. i said i was again uh a lot of that hard to achieve function stuff like getting making sure the online play works correctly yeah the technical end of it yeah i was very impressed by it because that game is you know if you can't play it without two people that shit's gotta work yeah (laughs) like straight up and it worked for us and Mm -hmm. i don't know what would have happened if we had like i wasn't i I wanted to see the gameplay parts of the game we weren't like you know stress stress testing it so i I wasn't trying to like yank my laptop out of the wall to disconnect mid session mm-hmm. or whatever uh, I wonder how it would handle something like that that'd be an th- interesting thing but that's that's another reason why we have never put online play into a thing yeah. is because I'm just not I don't want to do that shit for the size of team we have being two people <laughs> I'm just not willing to put up with that shit straight up you're yeah. right like I just don't it's not where I want to spend my time mm-hmm. but I respect the shit out of people who do like yeah. if that's a thing you want to achieve and you put the effort in to do it uh, both of those games had functioning yeah, online stuff Dun- Dungeon Designer same way It. Uh, I don't know if it has online multiplayer because there is like Four Local, Swords-esque yeah. multiplayer, but it, but it does the Mario Maker thing where you can upload your dungeons, and it and it works. Yeah, like we do, <laughs> it it works even in that that unfinished build. We I clicked upload and it sent, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and anybody who decided to download that demo could go play our dungeon, and it was awesome. And yeah, similarly with uh, NSYNC, like I said, we I had no problems. Nope. Just and I had just logged in just to because before we played together, the only time I had booted up the game was to see how the online worked. Like mm-hmm. if it was going to be some arcane bullshit like the Wii or whatever, where yeah. you need to like get friend codes, or if it would have its own like other third party service you'd have to log into or uh-huh. whatever the thing might be. And it just worked with the Steam friends list, and it worked within the game with no issues whatsoever. It was perfectly seamless. It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, no notes. <laughs> Good experience. Um. And my last concern on that, which isn't really a, f- a gameplay or function concern, it's just like the agony of building a thing concern, is that, and I said this while we were on stream too, is that like we found it, you know, it's really hard to sell any game, yeah, to sell any tiny game, to get anyone to give a shit about your tiny game is a very difficult proposition, and to build a thing that 
requires multiple people to to get into get into it to play it. Yeah, it's just like it's another level of like it's it just, just, it's just gonna make it harder. Yeah, which again, I don't think you should not do that if that's the game you want to yeah. build because the game is fun. Like mm-hmm. I said, I enjoyed yeah. it, and it definitely is certainly the version of it that's out there now is cert- is structured around cooperation between yeah. two people to figure shit out. Uh, so I don't like if that's the vision you want to go for, and like I said, I don't think any of the gameplay in there now. I wouldn't throw it out out of hand for sure. Mm-hmm. I would keep all that stuff in. Like I certainly would build the game you want to build. Like that's the thing we always have told like the U of M classes <laughs> when like we go back and talk to students or whatever. Like, look, if you're gonna get into building small games, the best thing you can do for yourself is build the game that you want to build because that's the only thing that you can guarantee. Like you, you can't guarantee how many people will buy it. Or play it, or whatever. Do but, you like it? Yes, no. But yeah, you can control what you want to be in the thing and what you want to put out in the world. So, if you're not like, willing to do that, like if that's not, if you if you don't give yourself that part of indie dev, then you're going to be even more disappointed by everything else. Yeah. Because <laughs> the fact of the matter is, your game is probably not going to penetrate super wide or sell super well, mm-hmm. and that's just the fact that there are 10 billion games out that's there. That's life, baby. Oh. Uh, so at the very least, the thing you should do for yourself is make the thing that you want to make without with as few compromises as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so with all that said, the only a suggestion I guess to, I would mm-hmm. offer I could offer on that front is I think we had mentioned like if there was even just like a tutorial area where well, you could that... play by yourself. Oh, okay, that's what you're saying. Like a, like some small chunk of the game that you could even play as an introduction for yourself mm. before you're like forced to play with two people immediately. I think that could be worth something. Again, I wouldn't like redesign the whole game around that necessarily. Yeah. Or and this is a much more complicated proposition that would kind of change the game significantly. So it's just an idea. I wouldn't say that this is like a thing that you should do if you're working on this game or a game like it, but it's a thought that I had was uh if it was more like um, keep talking and nobody explodes, mm. if it was like you could kind of play the game with multiple people and only one person needed to like own it, mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you could play it in a room full of people and like give out like a manual or whatever that, that had some of that information, that is like a way you could take a game like that. Which again, I'm not suggesting you do necessarily. It's just that's yeah. a, even more of a suggestion for just like the ether for anybody who ends up hearing this who yeah. wants to build a game like that that involves direct collaboration between players to like share information mm-hmm. that you know there are games that go that route with it where you can mm-hmm. you can I mean it's also kind of like the Jackbox proposal where it's yeah. like a single copy that you link to in different ways other than a second copy of the game mm-hmm. and that's fun in its own way cuz like I love yeah. keep talking and nobody explodes yeah. I think that game is sick uh, that game but, is very, but very it does fun. it it, it in spirit does the same game thing that in sync does. It just functions totally differently because yeah. the, the other information that players are sharing with each other is not in the game world. No. It's in, you know, the player manual or whatever mm-hmm. that like you'll print out and hand to people or you'll just link Use them to a PDF phone. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's spiritually the Similar same type idea, of gameplay, yeah. but in- implementation wise, it is very different. Yes. Correct. Um, but all that said, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Our time with InSync. I would love to play that the full game when it is out at some point. <laughs> I believe right now on Steam it says it's coming out in 2022, and I know that. Again, that's kind of like we have, yeah, <laughs> in many past years <laughs> said that a game is coming out in a year that it did not come out on. So uh, I don't know how like what the schedule's like on that game. I don't know exactly when it'll be out, but the demo is available right this moment. Correct. So if you want to, if you have a friend and you want to go check it out, I would recommend it if you're into that kind of thing. I had a really good time with it. Yeah. The hour or so we spent in it playing that Sweet. first that first area, and with that, I think that'll do it for indie game stuff for th- yeah. this podcast. If you have, if you're out there and you have a small cool game that you want to share with us, 
You can hit us up on Twitter at Cubicorn Games or email us at podcast at cubicorngames.com. Uh, we are we play indie games every weekend, uh, every Saturday, usually mm-hmm. around 7 p.m. EST. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you, Lorraine. Uh, and it's been a blast so far. I've really enjoyed yeah. it. So we're as looking... tired as I am going into those streams, <laughs> I've been having fun. So we're looking to d- keep doing that in the future on a regular basis. Yeah. So if you've, if you've got something you want to share, hit us up. Uh, and with that, if you're down for it, I think we might talk about a few other things that are not indie. Yikes. That have kind of been bumming me out. <laughs> Woo! Let's go! Let's get sad. What is uh, this, an art stream? So Destiny 2 is bad right now. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> That's my opinion. Um... I would say stale is a better word than just bad. That's fine. That's fair. I, here's where I takes where I take it from stale to bad is like content wise. I think that game is very stale right now. Correct. Because we play we have played a lot of Destiny two in the Correct. past. And this season I think has been one of the worst seasons in terms of like them introducing new things into the game. This season has felt for me extremely cut and paste. Extremely, we've got all these assets and all these areas that we already had built out, so we're gonna like. You know, slap a coat of paint on them visually, and we're gonna basically put them out there as is. From the like the Leviathan area that like has public events <laughs> that are basically just the Castellum. I'm pretty sure that every season that has focused around a public event has been a bad one. Yeah, and and that's like the those multiplayer uh, gameplay um, things. I'm gonna say specifically since um, the seasonal model, because I feel like that has been. That was a big change. Yeah, like, those multiplayer things are getting tiresome as is. Because that's what I had told some of the other guys, like Josh and them too, mm-hmm. is that uh, like when they put out like a match-made multiplayer thing every three months in Destiny, it started to feel real tiresome because they've done that for a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, it's this all point. arena-based like nonsense. It's yeah. never anything like the, bigger than that because they can't do stuff like that. The one benefit from that is that usually... It's very easy to complete them because people are volunteering directly yeah. to com- compete in that activity, and usually the rewards are like, okay, they're never good, but they're like, all mm-hmm. right. And I feel like this stupid, what's it even actually called? Containment. The containment thing I feel like is actually worse on both fronts because there's functionally no upfront reward for doing it because the only way you get like a real reasonable reward is if you have built up that other stupid currency from doing other shit and you turn well, it in. The thing you get is the like haunted umbral energy or whatever the thing that they were just kind of yeah, giving out a, like candy grind, yeah. and here's last season here's where right here's where i'm at with destiny right now every time bungie asks you to to get a currency expect the content behind it to be dog shit <laughs> like i, I, I mean, straight up feel that way right now well the, i think so i'm still kind of shocked that like you could get risen umbral energy which was the thing from last season that you could focus your umbral and en- engrams into everywhere it dropped from literally everything and it's still fucking dropping from everything like every now every match made something or other um like your gambits crucible strikes whatever i'm getting one or two and that stuff is just an arbitrary currency that you use to exchange for loot yes yeah but now to get the equivalent for this season you have you can only get it from playing from this specific activity. That thing. And there are, like, you can get maybe one or two, which doesn't get you anything from, like, opening chests or doing, like, random, like, high-value target bullshit in the Leviathan itself. And those will be pure RNG drops. No, I think, well, I think you have to have leveled up the um, Crown of Sorrows enough to get those to drop elsewhere. And then that, like, one or two is always guaranteed. And then you get more 
after a certain point from the containment events as well. Yeah, but it's just it's just grind after grind after yes. grind on content that is not good. Like Correct. it is just fundamentally not fun. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the containment thing is basically like it's like those other events, except it's easier to fail at it, and the rewards are slightly worse. <laughs> and and gameplay wise, it is also I think even a little more boring because at least with a lot of those other matchmade things. Usually they've done, like, some work to build out some amount of geometry that is unique to an activity. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like more often than not, uh, even if they're still reusing the assets, which that game does all over the place all, over, mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, video games are hard. Yeah. Usually, usually they physically rearrange stuff a little so it doesn't feel like the exact same environment. But like I said, the containment thing is just the Castellum area from that old raid. Mm-hmm. So it's literally just the exact same space laid out in the exact same way, and the encounters take place in pretty much the exact same spots. It's just fucking tired as hell. <laughs> um, and the story missions are the same exact way, whereas in past seasons, they would uh, usually build out, like I said, like they would take existing assets and com- smush them together into like some new path through mm-hmm. somewhere, usually like with the tree or whatever. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, where like the path to the tree and beyond was kind of like, you know, a unique mm-hmm. gameplay line <laughs> i liked the season of arrivals i thought that season was okay it, it was the forever season but it wasn't bad and that other one that was the just before witch queen that lasted forever where it, the where last were, forever season. yeah where you would play like the tangled shore but in the nightmare zone or whatever and though the those shattered were, realm and i wish i could remember the name of the season but who cares yeah and those were the, the same, end of beyond light the same thing i'm describing where like you know they're all assets from other areas in the game they're reusing mm-hmm. all that stuff but at least they're smushing them together in like yeah. a unique play space that is different than i mean just the even the shore. um I think it was called the Astro Alignment, the, like, actual match-made one. Like, that was all new spaces. Like, granted, it started and ended in the fucking blind well. Who cares? But the, um, there was, like, three environments that you did one of, like, three different things or whatever on, or two, who cares, um, that were new. They were new spaces using Dreaming City assets. Yeah. Which looked cool. And then the story missions for this season, the severed stuff. Mm-hmm. Gameplay-wise, like I said, it's much closer to the containment thing, where it is a section of the Leviathan Mm -hmm. that already existed, that you have been to before if you played that content when it was contemporary, like if you played that raid or... But also, like, at this point, like, there's a lot of players who came after Arrivals where all of those raids got vaulted. Well, that's true, and here's where I'll say that I I don't... I personally, right this moment, I'm not going to let Bungie get away with that. That's fair. As an excuse. No, that's fair. Um... Because my counter to that is that, like, they're also not catering the game to new players either. No, oh, absolutely not. Every currency thing, every... This is the least, like, one of the least newer player-friendly games yeah, I've ever played. Yeah, every currency thing, every time-based grind, just how much it costs in terms of total raw materials to, to like... anything. ...focus an engram we were talking into about a specific this item. with Iron Banner yeah. earlier this week. Like, it costs a lot of legendary shards to focus an engram. Yeah, all and, that- like. Because we've played so much, we have a lot, but anyone coming into this game now will not have a hundred plus to All that stuff costs an impossible amount of currency for a new player to Mm -hmm. interact with. So they're building this game around... The old guard. Whether they want to admit it or not, right, they're balancing the game as it exists today around people who've been playing for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And if you're that kind of player... Destiny's offering a pretty bad experience right now because the content is old and tired and Mm -hmm. boring. And if you're a new player... For different reasons, Destiny's kind of offering a bad experience right now because every economic-related thing, yeah, every economy-related thing is stacked against you intentionally because it is balanced toward people who've been playing for Mm -hmm. a really long time. I mean, I even remember when I started 
in Forsaken, like I technically started in base Forsaken. Um, I had no, I like I was lost as hell. I didn't know what was going on. And I like, even though I did all three of the year one campaigns before even touching the Forsaken one, like any of the year two content, I was still super confused. <laughs> and that was like three years ago at this point. <laughs> Is this year six? Something like that. Five? No, wait. For, how, what are numbers? I don't know. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Uh... <laughs> but anyway. Uh, yeah, but like I said, it's gone, It's gotten really, really long in the tooth for me. And I, I do think, and here's the other two things that are really pissing me off about the game right uh-huh. now. The, one of them is that, you know, like every corporation that is has some foot into social justice or whatever the fuck, uh-huh. like they'll put up, you know, and this is good of them to do, to put up posts promoting, you know, mm-hmm. abortion, reco- uh, reproductive rights access, and, you know, general diversity mm-hmm. in the studio and the community. That's all awesome. And then I, I saw a separate one that was less contextually about a specific issue like that. It was just in one of the TWABs, which is like their weekly yeah. blog post. This week at Bungie. Uh, it led off with just like a general like, hey, if your mental health is suffering, you know, go get help yeah. or whatever. And and for me, I was like, the gall, the <laughs> balls on you guys <laughs> to make a product that, you know, while it's not anywhere near the worst that these products can be, mm-hmm. to make a product that is so explicitly predatory. manipulative. Like, yeah. it, right. It is every free to play thing is exploitative straight up. And mm-hmm. the only question is how much. <laughs> So for you guys, of all people, to be like, take your mental health seriously. Take a, take a knee, you guys. I, I was like, fuck that. No, you do not get to say that. I'm glad when you stand up for other good yeah. <laughs> positive causes, but this is a bridge too far for me. Like you, The management at Bungie does not believe that. Oh, not yeah. even an inch. They, they, they straight up don't. <laughs> um, so that was like that. Cause, cause that, that, and for me, this is a thing I've been trying to do personally, kind of since we shipped down the drain and mm-hmm. I want to have a better work life and play uh-huh. balance across the board. I have personally set my own red lines for what I will or will not do in that game. And Valid. I've tried to, tried to sandbox myself so that I'm not going to do anything that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. I know one of the big things on that list of things I no longer want to do in Destiny are play as secondary characters. Like I've got my warlock. I like my warlock. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play on Hunter. I don't want to play on Titan. I just don't want to spend that much time in total playing the game, and I don't want mm-hmm. to get it sucked into like checking all the stuff off of multiple checklists for yeah. multiple characters at a given week or whatever. I don't want to do it anymore. Um, and in doing that, like it has kept me away from other content that I might have otherwise interacted with, like things that I might have mm-hmm. actually wanted to do. Like, I definitely don't want to do a ton of Grandmaster Nightfalls, but I might have done some. Mm-hmm. But by by dodging by not, that up, yeah. the rest of that grind, I wasn't geared for that new stuff, mm-hmm. and and I would love to take at least a couple swings at soloing the new dungeon. Like that's a thing I would try a little bit. That sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. But similarly, for the same reasons, because the power creep, the power yeah. grind, the process of either just grinding raw experience or mm-hmm. getting the gear drops that will increase your power yeah. takes so long and requires so much effort. And the only optimal way to do it. Is, is to, to play have on multiple, multiple characters. characters every week for the whole season. I, the game has not afforded me that opportunity, mm-hmm. and it's terrible. And that is exactly the attitude, like the, and that is an intentional decision by Bungie yeah. to manipulate players psychologically to put more hours in. Like that is negative mental health energy <laughs> built into that game <laughs> to take advantage of its community. Uh, and and ha- having all that laid out in front of me, and then seeing them be like, "Yeah, guys, you should, you know, be good to yourself." Like. 
be safe. And I'm like, mm-mm, fuck you. <laughs> you, can, you can weigh in on a lot of different stuff, but do not cross this Rubicon with me, Bungie, because <laughs> this is a bunch of horse shit, and you guys are liars. <laughs> um, so that I had that personal reaction to that. No, that's fair. <laughs> I, like, as someone who, like, <laughs> reads most of the twabs while I'm on, like, a break at work because they come out on Thursdays, like... A lot of the times I black out when anything gets too wordy or like is too mathy. Like every anytime they go down like through any sort of like numbers and weapons, I just I literally like just <laughs> it's just like redacted lines of text for me. So I remember seeing that and not like and just kind of like, oh, fucking whatever, rolling my <laughs> eyes and moving on. Because I think I think inherently I had that same reaction, mm-hmm. but it didn't hit me as hard because I was already like I knew I w- I'm like. Read, I don't know why I read them, aside from the fact that I play the game. And, like, like I know I'm wasting my break looking through this. Like, I want to just, like, give me the fucking TLDR or whatever. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I've, cause, well, as someone who's been playing at least more than you mm-hmm. um, this season in particular, just because I need something as just a, like, physical release on, like, a evening after work or whatever... Um, that is just completely mindless. I don't want to think when I'm playing Destiny. <laughs> um, it's def- I, I have definitely um, weaned off of my other characters a bit too. I still like. I will still play as a warlock or a titan when I want to mix it up in PVE only. I spent like a lot of whatever the last season in Beyond Light slash beginning of Witch Queen just trying my other characters more because I wanted to mix it up because I'd only really played on my hunter regularly. And I was like, oh, I just want to see. But after doing that, I just kind of got bored of it. And I'm just like, I just, just my hunter. I like her. We're good here. Um, and I was, I think just because like I wanted to um, build up the seasonal crap to like just get that out of the way because I was so done with it early. <laughs> Um, I was playing on them more regularly just to do the weekly story shit, but I haven't done that in like multiple weeks. I haven't finished it on those characters and I'm probably not going to at this point. Um, and I don't, there's a lot of little things like I'm more inclined to just not solo the dungeon after doing literally all the other ones because like, I think that like the dungeon's insane. Like it doesn't seem fun to me to solve that problem. Like fucking did the goddamn Sparrow Mine Race on dying in Grasp of Avarice, but I don't want to deal with endless ads pouring <laughs> out of that fucking vault door. Those shitty little snipers in the Keitel fight. Like, no, thank you. That's fair. And I haven't even done the dungeon that many times to render an opinion on that, but like I said, that's that that I'll, I'll let them kind of get away with because that's content that, again, like... Well, now it's, like, gated behind a paywall even, so they're just going to well, go nuts with the it. the very last thing I was going to mention in terms of my, my beast with Bungie because, uh, like I said, I have no problem with the content like that having to be, like, repetitive and hard because that's the whole point is you're trying to, like, complete a difficult task for a piece of content that is geared toward more players. Like, you're trying to do a three-man pe- thing alone. I think those kind of things are, like, the good grind, quote-unquote. I, st- I don't know. I, as again, <laughs> after soloing all those other dungeons, like, I feel like this is the most just, like, physically overwhelming one of them. Because, like, up until now, I would say, like, the hardest single parts of any dungeons are the first fight in Prophecy, because that is bullshit, I hate that Phalanx and all his shitty little friends and um, the plate room in Pit of Heresy. 
because of how overwhelming they are. You have to do a lot, which are, is generally spread out amongst three people by yourself. But the whole dungeon is like that. And I don't find that fun. Like, the hardest part of fucking Grasp was, A, the physics, because sometimes, like, the little cannon guys or whatever would just kill you, and that fucking sparrow thing. But it was, like, a different task than just dodge enemies and shoot the right one, <laughs> as opposed to just, like, here's a literal endless wave of uh, Cabal Legionaries. Have fun. They're constantly shooting at you. Oh, timers everywhere. <laughs> Fuck timers. There's a lot of that. Fuck timers. Um, but yeah, the last thing you said about the monetization, that's my last final, like, like I said, all this added together has made mm-hmm. me very negative on Destiny for the current season. No, like, I understand. We'll see how it go- We'll see how it is going forward. But the monetization is, again, it's just one more part of the game that is, is getting worse for no benefit. Mm-hmm. So dungeons and raids used to all, well, raids are usually in the... Like season, big expansion yeah. content, like, because usually the new raid actually drops with the expansion. Yeah, but, they, it, since... Shadow Keep. There's been a raid a year, and it's tied to the the year change, the season. Yeah, and, whatever. and historically, dungeons have been like they're smaller three man content that is still like they're a kind of like sprinkled in wherever. Yeah, it's like, like raid esque for um, fewer players. Like uh, sh- uh, the, the Shattered Throne came with Forsaken. Um, whatever. Yeah, Scarlet yeah. Keep had They've the one, and then like a, like the end of Sh- Scarlet Keep one, and then there was one yeah. with. The 30th anniversary, which kind of kicked off this trend. Which, right, was its own separate transaction that had multiple layers of where you can purchase, mm-hmm. what you can buy. And th- and before that, whenever a dungeon came out, it, it, w- it would have been part like, of whatever. the seasonal content. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you paid them the transaction for three months of Destiny, which gets you, you know, a progression track and a mm-hmm. bunch of cosmetics Back when you used to like be able to buy them piecemeal. Uh, yeah, you would get a dungeon if it mm-hmm. came out in that season. And now, very under the table, like, they're trying to obfuscate as much as possible. They have spun the dungeons themselves out into another separate transaction that you need to buy. And this is inside of a game that monetizes its current expansion. It monetizes all previous expansions that are still available. Yep. Still as separate transactions. It monetizes the individual season pass as a thing you can purchase. It monetizes cosmetics individually. You so know, in much. the hundreds or thousands as individual purchases. And now it is monetizing this other dungeon content that is mm-hmm. separate from expansions and separate from the season pass and separate from, like, it's not, not cosmetic stuff. It's another mm-hmm. yet another gameplay thing layered on. They are promising more of them, but to what end? Like, Yeah, and I that's if, not the kind of thing If they're where... doing that as opposed to, like, making the actual season stuff good, like, what's yeah, the point? Yeah, right, because I would call this, uh, like... If the, if taking that it's a zero sum game. Yeah, if get right. If getting that dungeon out made this season worse, which like I said, I am not satisfied with the other seasonal content than the season. Uh-huh. Then like, right? Is it any better? <laughs> or are we just paying more money for like a pretty similar amount of content? A more watered is, down everything. Yeah, across which is the right board. now kind of what it feels like to me, uh-huh. and we'll see how the rest of the year goes. I'm curious. So next season, going along with their like big plan. There's going to be another raid. It's going to be, in, if I remember correctly, an old one. Yeah. Probably from D1. They've ne- they haven't said what it's going to be. I want to see what the corresponding seasonal bullshit with that is. Sure. Like, just, just to have a comparison. Because you can't, you can't compare year launch and seasonal content launch. Like, they're always, it's always weird. Because there's, like, there's the new year. There's new story content. There's... A season attached to that because fuck you, that's why. <laughs> and there's a new raid. So there's like a lot of big things happening at once and like 
that, like the season of the risen season of the hunt and season of the undying or whatever, those three that launched with the years when they started doing this thing have always been like pretty hit or miss. They're fine. I've never had like a huge problem with any of them, but they've never really blown me away either. Season of the undying though. I love X offensive. I miss it. (laughs) It's not any different from any other arena based thing, but it slapped end of story. And uh, what else was I going to say? I forget. I had something else I would queued up. And I'm now sorry I'm... I started talking too much. Oh, that's okay. That's not a problem. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, the last thing I was going to say oh. is that, that relative to other games, again, if you wanted to play that, if you wanted to engage in that kind of pedantry, <laughs> which I don't, but if you did, uh, still, relatively speaking, for a free-to-play thing, you know, Destiny is less exploitative than it could be, mm-hmm. but I'm not grading on a curve with this shit like i like if you know if activision it's not part of the vision like if activision is going to put out diablo whatever the fuck and and extort you and extract four teeth from my head (laughs) you know in exchange for two hours of diablo gameplay i'm not giving bungie a pass because they pulled out two of my fillings instead like fuck (laughs) that (laughs) they're both bad Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna say that they're both bad if they're both bad which they are uh one may be worse than the other but whatever (laughs) um so that's where I'm at with Destiny. No, I, I kind I of unsatisfied across the board. <laughs> uh, I think maybe I'm just in a like <laughs> different kind of numb state where like I can look past the edges because it's giving me like just the like smallest amount of like because I I still am playing it mostly to hang out with friends like the mindless whatever that I do yeah while that's another... there like complicating factor too for Mm -hmm. sure and that's again for me like i said i haven't been able to ever since trying to step back from that game yeah intentionally and claw back some hours Mm -hmm. away from it it just that it that part of the calculus i can't escape right now no and i get that it's like i 100 understand when i imagine putting two hours playing iron banner which i don't really feel like doing Uh (laughs) or or spinning up another stream and playing something like you know in uh, sync or mm-hmm. dungeon designer or whatever playing just doing something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that i would much rather do the latter than <laughs> than than piss a couple more hours away doing destiny content that i don't really care about valid so that's yeah that's where i'm at with that no i completely understand um do you have any other thoughts about that because if you don't speaking of pissing away hours Ooh. <laughs> um Marvel content is bad. <laughs> That's just where I'm at. All these things that are big and expensive, and well, I think I have consumed a lot of them. They're I, well, all I think, trash. I think it's because of that. <laughs> like it's oversaturation. It's like just a long running thing going stale. Like eventually, you need to close a door. You need to like shut the book. Like you need you need to end. That's like <laughs> I've like there's certain just like even just smaller content like stuff that I read and like follow online like. The longer anything goes on for, like, just meanderingly that doesn't have, an, like, set course of anything or, like, is building to something almost indefinitely is always unsatisfying and just makes me drop it. Mm-hmm. So we'll t- uh, I'll say, because my most recent reason for feeling this way is Miss Marvel. So uh-huh. spoilers for everything that happened in Miss Marvel, if you care, mm-hmm. which you shouldn't because it's not very good. <laughs> Uh, but we talked about this a little a couple weeks ago, too. Mm-hmm. But the, the we watched the last episode of Miss Marvel the other day, and it's just kind of crummy across the board. It's just, like, a little boring and a little stupid, and it does the exact thing that every stupid Marvel thing does now, whereas it, 
it does. It's not its own thing. It's right, a cog it does in the machine. Literally the barest possible minimum to advance any of the characters in the narrative we just watched. It's moving pieces towards. And, and uh, somehow like... also still the barest possible minimum to advance any kind of larger narrative mm-hmm. across the MCU. Like they're doing both poorly now yeah. and it's fucking terrible. Like it's just really bad. Um, and there are hints of that show where you, I could see that they made a good show. And the part that made me the maddest, like that I actually got mad at <laughs> after thinking about it for an hour or two after that last episode aired is they did another stupid fucking needle drop mm-hmm. uh, at the very end of that, I guess the second to the last stupid thing that happened where they're <laughs> like, oh, Kamala, you're there's a, there's a mutation. You're a mutant. And they played four notes from the dumb X-Men cartoon from the 90s again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and similar to how the the stupid, like when we were watching fucking Hawkeye <laughs> and they do the exact same stupid thing with uh, Kingpin, it was like, oh, it's he was lurking behind the scenes this whole time, and we're going to wow. tell you about him right at the end, and then he's gone, and it doesn't matter. Um, whereas if they had like structured that whole season more around that character, it would have made for a better product. This is the exact same fucking thing, where like the the origin of her powers and whatever, and like all the multi-universe stuff is like whatever. fine but boring. Yeah. Like it is boring because we've seen this like three or four times already. It's always mm-hmm. the same stupid thing of like, there's a universe and another universe. Some people came from the other universe to this universe. And if we smush the universes together, everybody's going to die. And wow. we've talked about that multiple times in the MCU already at this mm-hmm. point, And it's dull as shit. They um, had a whole boring movie about it just recently. <laughs> and it's just like, I will accept that her powers came from there, but I would, they don't do anything. They don't do a ton with it in terms of like character development or anything. And with the mutation thing, I feel like there is just a much more natural, much better put together story. You could do if they straight up, like if they take it more in that like traditional Mm X-Men Spider-Man kind of angle where she's just kind of living her life. And then she starts to change a little and weird shit starts to happen. She's not sure what's going on. And it's, you know, Mm -hmm. a metaphor for growing up. And puberty and all that shit, that is what those other series have done historically. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have could have been about something. It's a traditional coming-of-age story. <laughs> right, it could have been a thing. It could have given them more to play with. Because it, it really, like, the more I've, like, kind of um, stewed on the series as a whole, it felt like it was trying to do two separate things at once. Because I did enjoy the, like, more human aspects of it. Like, her and her community, her relationship with her parents, her culture, her friends, her, like, teachers and stuff at school... And then her interests, like, and then it was just all of a sudden, oh, you're like half like this other secret dimensional race and they're here. But then they also like die an episode later. Like, yeah, right. There's an astronomical amount of time spent up on that again to every single thing in that show is like that. And Mm -hmm. and almost everything in the MCU is like that these days where they put a ton of time and exposition into like navel gazing, stupid lore bullshit that doesn't really go anywhere it doesn't feel like it, like it's going anywhere in the grand scheme of yeah. like a larger narrative, and it certainly doesn't serve the characters and the narratives they're in in the movies or TV shows that they're in at the time. Uh-huh. And then, like you said, it just the most casual, uh, most unconsidered, just like che- cheapest, easiest way. They just toss that all, all shit off. Like Kamala goes to Pakistan, which is good. You know, she interfaces with some of her family there, talks to her grandmother, has a few little moments with her mom. That's all good. Mm-hmm. She gets into a couple of really long, really boring action scenes, which yeah. are pretty crummy. Uh, she meets a secret society that kind of doesn't is matter. Is ill-defined and doesn't matter and is a total waste of time. 
And she talks to a guy who spits a bunch of exposition at her. He and dies, then like, instantly. He dies because we need to show that the bad guys are bad enough to kill people, but, like, they can't have consequences enough to where they kill someone that matters, so we're just going to kill this robot that spit narrative at us. <laughs> like, that's how we're splitting And then the we're going to have the bad guys kill themselves by getting the thing yeah, that they right. wanted and, the, and their motivations, make a sacrifice yeah, or whatever. Their motivations will be the motivations they had up until they aren't. <laughs> like, yeah. we're just going to flip the switch and be like, oh, this thing that they wanted... They they're on the on the ten yard line. They are just okay with not getting it. End of story, uh, because that's what is required to just keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Just churn out one more episode. Just get, take this series into the next series. Um, and the the her little arc in Pakistan wraps up that way too. Like she's kind of like you they're, said, she's just home. The next episode, yeah. Like, like they they set up this tension between her and her family, and like her she how what she feels are her duties to like her family and community, and incorporating mm-hmm. this like. Love of superhero shit and her and desire what, to interact with What she with wants it. to have as her duty, like, to the... She she feels she needs to have a duty to the world because of how superheroes are in that yeah. world. Yeah, and then the last, like, two minutes of that second-to-last episode, while they're in Pakistan or whatever, they're just kind of over it. Yeah. <laughs> because she brought a photo back from time traveling, <laughs> which yeah. is also a thing she can do. And her grandma's and, like, surprise, we're magic, and her yeah, mom and they, is just okay with and, it. And they write, they, for, for whatever reason, that squared the circle perfectly, and everybody's cool with all this now, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're, and like you said, then after that, we just snap home, because she needs to be in Jersey, because the other characters are still in Jersey. Mm-hmm. So we just need to peep. Pick this shit up. Just, <laughs> um, yeah, it just sucks. And then the whole that whole end sequence is bizarrely. Everything about it was dumb. Yeah, it's just the tonally, it's a fucking disaster because it's like they're super trying to have their cake and eat it too with like making some, making as much of a statement as Disney's capable of making, which is like about zero, <laughs> about uh, you know, governmental authorities fucking with Muslim communities. Um, and they're trying to, like, weave that into, like, what becomes, like, Home Alone-esque antics of just, like, of, like her uh, and her friends uh, fucking around in high school throwing softballs at people and making fucking goo traps like they're yeah. <laughs> Kevin McAllister or whatever. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Who, what, what, why? The, why like, is this like this? The ha-ha <laughs> slapstick of the mosque-like, I guess, raid. I don't know what you would even call that. It was so, it was so tonally bizarre. Like, yeah, and again, they are, like... Because Disney is a cowardly, shitty company, mm-hmm. they're not willing to make any real statement on any of this stuff. There's not really willing to be any friction whatsoever with, like, the... Because, like, if you really read into the text, like, explicitly what happens mm-hmm. with all that is, uh, you know, a character emerges at that mosque with superhuman abilities. This governmental authority that is tasked with regulating people with superhuman abilities goes there... <laughs> Based on, like, a literal evidence that someone was there and asks some questions and mm-hmm. leaves. So, you know, within the universe, as it is explicitly written, they kind of have probable cause for being there. And they don't really do much beyond, like, showing up and being like, were they there? And the, the people at the mosque are like, no. And then they leave. And that is not what happens in real life. No. Like, they're putting up a facade. Like, again, like I said, they're going as far as they think they can of, like, this is exactly the problem I had with Encanto. Where in, it, in the inciting incident in Encanto, because just acts of violence in mm-hmm. South Central and South America force people to leave their homes, the inciting incident in that movie is a nondescript violent uprising, uprising of some sort. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they don't elaborate on it 
they don't really nope. inspect it in any meaningful way whatsoever, and it is resolved by magic. <laughs> yeah. And Miss Marvel is kind of the exact same thing, because, like, what the Fed actually does to Muslim communities that is horrible is they will infiltrate them without probable cause and then repeatedly try to bait people into misdeeds until they got you somebody. Like I read a whole article months ago about one such incident in California where they like inserted a federal agent Mm -hmm. into the mosque as a new member of that community. And you know, that person for months was undercover literally just like, Talking to everybody like, hey, do you guys want to blow some shit up? <laughs> like, do you guys, because I got bombs and we can do this. Uh, like, they just, because there was no, like, evidence that 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 there was any kind of yeah, extremist activity just... at that at that mosque before this. They were just fishing for ill will. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, that's what actually happens in mm-hmm. real life. And in, and in the show, they, they don't do anything. Or they just arrest everybody without yeah, right. any, like. A hundred percent. The whole thing were like, oh, they already have all their documentation up. They would have carted those people out the right. second they stepped in the door. They will, be, they will be putting handcuffs on people. They will be turning over desks and other furniture yeah. and tearing They're, shit apart. The whole, like. Ha ha, don't come in this door thing. Like, they would have shoved her aside yeah, or, like, non, maybe non-fatally shot her to get her away right, from that. 100%. The Disney version of that is this embarrassing, like, six-year-old version of, like... Oh, it's my like, boyfriend. My mom will kill me. Yeah, no, like... It is the dumbest... They would have arrested ugh. both of them on the spot, if not, like, injured them in yeah, some it way. It is the dumbest, like, most, most toothless... Most horseshit thing that you could put together, right? And I'm not saying that Disney has to tackle that stuff. No. But pick a lane. Don't don't do this fucking navel-gazing, dishwatery bullshit Mm -hmm. of, like, trying to have your cake and eat it, too. Either, like, have some fucking nuts and actually address the shit in a meaningful way, or don't. Or, like, just literally (laughs) do not touch it. Yeah. 100%. And that's what that was so frustrating about that show, to me, is that there was so much potential for it to be so much more. Mm -hmm. Right down to, like, the stuff in Pakistan is very similar when we do the time travel thing. Mm -hmm. Because there's the the British occupying force operates in the exact same manner, where, you know, her great-grandfather, I or believe. whoever, yeah. Whatever, I, think, whatever. I, think it, I think it is great-grandfather, because it's her yeah, grandma that character, who's a child. That you know, is advocating for liberation from the British mm-hmm. in what, at that time, I believe would have been, like, unified India-Pakistan still. Like, uh-huh. that's before they arbitrarily, like, cut the country apart. Um, and, you know, the British forces come up, and they're like, hey, you... Stop. Stop. And then, and then they leave, and then he does. <laughs> like, that's it? That's as much as you guys have to offer in yeah. terms of this conflict? Like, that's... It's like, hey, you... Quit it. <laughs> okay. Uh, like, what the fuck? Because there's such a... It's... Like, the instinct to try to put that in her background and, like, put that mm-hmm. conflict and, like, all that history into a show like this is an, a good one. Yeah. Like, that's an awesome thread to tuck on, tug on, and they have just done such a dog shit job mm-hmm. of executing on it in any way yeah, that is any good. I would say, <laughs> like, like, it's good, like, maybe they got the topic in more people's heads, which yeah. is good, but they did such a disservice to a lot of the, like, minutia of every aspect of it, I would say. Yeah. Which, again, coming from white people, probably isn't, like, we, sh- we are not the ones who need to be, who should be making these takes. Yeah. And again, I don't want to, um, I want to be really hesitant to put a lot of the blame for all this on many of the people who worked directly oh, on the absolutely. show. Absolutely, Because if I were to, if I were placing bets, I would suspect that all that good stuff 
came from like you know the writers and the directors mm-hmm. and all those people who were trying to do their best within trying the, to inject a little heart like, draw, to the soulless draw, machine drawing within the lines that Disney will let them draw in yeah. and like the reason one of the reasons that it is so bad is because there is just so much corporate overhead of like yeah. we need to have this much action we need to have this many fight scenes we need to have this much brand loyalty like mm-hmm. we need to have at least x number of marvel characters and y number of shots for z number of minutes and we <laughs> yeah. uh, and like it's a miracle any of this shit gets made at all and, and like mm-hmm. even it makes sense at some point when yeah. i when you consider what i assume to be the corporate mandate for these projects um and outside of that again i would also assume that like i said i bet the timelines and all this stuff for writing and stuff are really tight mm-hmm. because i don't think management cares i don't think anybody in disney management cares about the quality of any of their products at this point no. they just want the shit to come out on time Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like look whatever you people have to do to get this thing on tv in four months do it i don't care how well it's written i don't care how well it's shot i don't care what the cg looks like all these boxes yeah it just needs to be on disney plus by this date that i'm sending you in an email and if it's not there will be hell to pay Mm. and it we will get someone else it shows it just absolutely shows that like that there's just not a ton of care taken in making this stuff Mm -hmm. oh and it's fucking disappointing because it could be so much more. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that comics, in theory, have been doing for, like, decades now. Yeah, and they have their own bullshit. Yeah. But the other thing about comics is that, like, thankfully, like, the sales volume on them doesn't have to be super high relative to something like a TV show. The yeah. budgets aren't as big, so you can certainly take more swings with, like, uh-huh. a comic book than you can with, uh, than Disney is willing to take mm-hmm. with a high-budget TV program. What I was going for is more, like, allowing people to tell stories... And, like, bringing in different people to different properties, letting them, like, take spins or twists or do whatever they want with, like, these things with kind of, in from someone who knows very little about the industry, a much higher degree of freedom than anybody in this uh, MCU machine has. Yeah, and Kamala Khan herself is a great example of that stuff working at its best. That character mm-hmm. existing is what the MCU should be doing right now. Mm-hmm. Like, they should be spinning up these characters and trying to flesh them out. And like really focusing on on enough of them to give them like a really realized whole, like to Mm -hmm. to really give them some screen time to grow and change and just like have a presence that isn't so encumbered by so much of this other horse shit. Because every single one of these things feels like it feels like everybody in every MCU project is just another part of the Eternals cast. Because that movie Mm -hmm. was like that was that movie's fatal flaw was that no single character got to really become more than Mm -hmm the sum of the plot things that they needed to achieve and i think like (laughs) it almost feels like wandavision maybe was like the peak of this because she didn't have to be established like there wasn't any like to understand i mean you you brought in your understanding of who wanda maximoff was as well as these other characters because they'd been fleshed out in the movies at this point and it was more of just like, oh, like a just kind of continuation of that thread as opposed to establishing her as a character, like all this backstory, as well as like moving her 80 paces across a board for whatever means in the future. And if the payoff for WandaVision was fucking multiverse of madness, like what the fuck? I don't want to see where these other shows are going. Yeah, because the right, like you said, that show, WandaVision was literally about... It was a pocket. It was her, a small. It was a story right. that was being told. Her character emotionally going through something, and it was specifically about like grief and dealing mm-hmm. dealing with grief and not harming other people while you deal with yeah. with like that that kind of you know pain and trauma. 
And then, like you said, by the time we get to the Doctor Strange, all that is out the window. Yeah. None of it, none of it meant anything. She's evil now. Lol. Yeah. There's and then she's not, but whatever. Yeah. 100%. So that's where <sighs> I'm at with that, too. So like I said, it's just... Uh, it's very tiring. In terms of how I would want to spend more of my time consuming media, I would rather play... Uh, you know, hundreds of indie games a little bit, or <laughs> just like watch something that is more respectful of my time than, than this <laughs> stupid bullshit. I'm just kind of <laughs> over it. Uh, right now, that is how I feel about all this Marvel crap and most Disney properties in general. Like I said, I mm-hmm. I, I reached that point with Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, somewhere between months and years ago. At this, I couldn't tell you exactly when. <laughs> um, I never really had a horse in that race, so. But yeah, it's just like. If the content's not good, I'm not I mean, going to consume it out of ritual personally. It's, it's similar to like kind of my falling out with Pokemon too at this point. Like it's the same kind of like roteness that has just, it's, I'm past it. I, I can't throw myself at it anymore because I'm not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Eh. So that's, that's it. It's just all those, those are my frustrations. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts about any of that kind of nonsense? Because like I said, it's just been... Kind of one disappointment after another between for for big budget things that I have historically consumed a lot of between mm-hmm. Destiny and Marvel yeah. and all that nonsense. I mean, I would say that's like again my own like already noted discrepancies aside. Like I'm very much on the same kind of page. Like I mean, that's part of the reason why I, I do a lot of my own shit. Like I just make stuff and just try to. I don't know. There with break you. up the noise yeah. and so we'll have and to keep... I, 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 another thing that we do is like getting back into tales like i've been having a lot of fun with that even though it's real old it's just i don't know something different it's mixing it up yes right we can just kind of chill you can play it for a little bit mm-hmm. we can chat a little bit again i as relative use of time go i'd certainly rather do that than watch another like <laughs> not fucking watching she hulk that's for sure <laughs> like i'm good <laughs> I, I'm okay. <laughs> um, one of my coworkers has seen Thor: Love and Thunder or whatever, and I mean, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily like will take all of her media opinions as like a, a condonement or like praise either way. But her describing it as a sensory overload does not give me much hope <laughs> for. Um, Whenever we end up seeing that, if we see it in theaters or just again, yeah, <laughs> wait for I'm it to th- come to streaming. I'm thinking probably not. Valid. I'll, I'll probably put it on on Disney Plus at some point and be disappointed by it, I suspect. Okay, but... I'd rather be disappointed in my own home than a theater full of strangers. Yeah. So we'll see. But. Bang. That's why we got to do other stuff. Like you said, like make stuff and play video games that aren't. Mm-hmm. irritating and that aren't holding us up by our ankles upside down and shaking every quarter out of our pockets uh played a run or two of slay the spire again today it's good it's fun it's a good game yeah i really want to like when i bought slay i also bought hades and i really do mean to actually start playing hades i just that that fucking just Pulling the trigger and starting something new is Hades is really good. The thing that that's hard about Hades relative to that game is that like it's both its best, its biggest weakness and its biggest strength from what I've played of it, which is like maybe two hours. Sure, certainly not a lot. Is that like it's a really well put together, responsive action game. Mm-hmm. But for me, there's only so much of it I can play in as a single sitting because it does kind of wear you down after like two. Or, I mean, it's it's a run based thing. Yeah, after a couple runs, like you kind of get. 
it, for me at least, it kind of puts me off. Like, all right, I'll come back to this tomorrow. I mean, it was the same for me with like Slay the Spire, which is another one of those. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I would definitely, I do want to play it in some capacity at some point because I do know like Brian really likes it. I've heard really good Art's things. Real good. And the yeah, that's, voice acting's real good. I mean, it's, it's fun to play. I, even though I haven't played a lot of them, I know I have at least tangentially enjoyed kind of everything Supergiant has put out. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would recommend it from the amount of, that I've played it, which is not a ton, <laughs> but still. I almost bought it when I was on my Switch. I almost bought Transistor because it was on sale at one point, <laughs> and I just didn't. Although that's a completely different beast altogether. Right. A game as much. I remember watching you play it at right after it came out and kind of overwhelmed me which made me not buy it <laughs> i just barely got through bastion man that game was a lot it was hard but it was fun mm-hmm. it's a good game studio yeah those guys know what they're doing <laughs> good at what they do yeah um but with all that said i think we might call it a show Woo. uh we will as as always like i said we'll be back playing tales of symphony on thursday evenings Woo. 7 p.m. Eastern, playing indie games on Saturday evenings, 7 mm-hmm. p.m. Eastern, doing podcasts r- roughly every two weeks. Hopefully, we, we can keep that schedule up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking podcasts will probably go out on Wednesdays. Like I'm going to try to formalize that. Yeah. It's just like a day that like if I fuck up and don't get it cut together mm-hmm. on either a Monday or a Tuesday, I can almost always make it to Wednesday. And if I do it earlier, I can just sit on it, just so it comes out the same day mm-hmm. for anyone who bothers to tune in. No, that's good. It's a Consistency good is probably standard. a good standard. Um, and yeah, I know when I was editing them multiple years ago, I tried to keep it consistent. We'll keep going from there. We'll keep talking about stuff. We'll keep playing stuff. We'll keep making stuff to the best of our ability. Woo. So for now, uh, we will call it a show. We will see you later, Internet. Bye. Have a good afternoon, day or night, where or whenever you are. Wow, wow, wow. And we'll see you next time.